welcome or welcome back to the Amanda Perry podcast. Thank you for joining me this week. Just a little recap of the week. Uh, we have been doing monthly reporting in the agency. Not something I would normally comment on, but I think one of the things that was really, really brilliant to see was just results coming back really strong in ads. And I think that there's this narrative online that ads are dead and they're not working. And actually, I've seen a few posts on like LinkedIn this week um, talking about how iOS was kind of the final nail in the coffin for, for their brand. And, you know, really sad stories about people having to make decisions about their business. But I can tell you from, you know, inside and looking across a lot of accounts that results really are starting to come back. I think the key for me is just about really understanding where ads fit into your business and into your like unit economics as well, just really understanding those numbers. I think that's the biggest lesson for me and the biggest thing I see with not just clients, but but all businesses is where there's just not that understanding of the numbers down to a really granular level and a real understanding of what you can pay to acquire a customer and what those metrics really need to look like. So yeah, that's a bit of good news. Another thing that really jumped out to me is just the potential of emails like it never ceases to amaze me how powerful emails can be um usually when used in conjunction but again amazes me how many people i speak to that just don't use emails and i know there's a few brands that don't um you know strategically it's part of their plan but i would honestly urge anyone just to to give email marketing a go if you don't currently i know i bang on about it all the time but you really should be getting like 20 to 30 percent of revenue and most accounts that i've been looking at are, are much much more than that and that has a huge impact in offsetting any any spend that you're putting into paid media so yeah i would really force anyone who isn't taking email seriously to start um yeah i would just say like just be really careful of this narrative online at the moment i think it's really switched from everything's amazing and you know we went through the like lockdown bubble but even beyond that of d sees the future and that narrative's kind of really changing to i'm not going to use the word fear-mongering but there's a lot of discussion around you know uncertainty and i'm not going to sit here and say that that there isn't that uncertainty obviously you only have to watch the news to see you know some really concerning um figures and like information about energy rises and that kind of thing and that will obviously have a huge impact on people's buying habits but actually when i speak to people the vast majority are doing really well are having a really good month or you know sales are really good and i guess the lesson there is really about diversification um so having you know those those kind of three legs on your bar stool so making sure that you have whether it's wholesale or an online and marketplaces or but just really having those different avenues for for um revenue Personally, I have started posting on TikTok, which 
took me some time because I was such a uh, anti-TikTok even just a few months ago no not a few months ago probably six months ago I was like oh it's, it's stupid and people are just dancing and it's for kids and but you know you have to be hiding under a rock to not notice the impact that it's had on Instagram actually I'm not even going to say that I don't even think it's the impact it's had on Instagram I honestly think that Instagram have made such a huge mistake by being so threatened by them and just trying to copy everything they do because now like TikTok do it better they're always going to do it better they did it first so I just it's a real shame and I think you know everyone everyone who has built a business on Instagram or used it as their um, kind of main channel to communicate with their audience has, has really had this sort of uh, strange, disorienting uh, few months as we witness the demise of reach and engagement, which is, is really sad. So yeah, I'm making a conscious effort to post on TikTok. I'm not going to say it's easy because you know, you really have to put thought and time into creating the content and it is a hungry, hungry beast as well. Um, but I'm doing my own little experiment and seeing how it goes. So if you want to find me on there, I am Amanda Perry UK. Um, didn't get in there quick enough to get my Instagram handle, but you know, that's how it goes. So yeah, I'm really, really pushing uh, content and creative with myself and our clients and the team. So I think that this is an area that will just become more and more important as as we go into 2022 and, and beyond really. So it's really something to nail for your business, I would say. Anyway, this week's guest is the absolutely gorgeous, inspiring, wonderful Toria from Grape and Fig. Grape and Fig is a grazing company, but there's so much more than that. They, I mean, they really had to uh redefine what they did over over lockdown as so many businesses did but prior to that and coming out of lockdown they really nailed this really really interesting model of having beautiful food or beautiful like tablescapes like these gorgeous grazing platters that toria brought the idea over from australia um with kind of PR like doing them for big brands and these huge huge brand collabs which really helped them just uh just grow phenomenally online so anyway she's an absolutely brilliant guest so generous with her, her time and knowledge you'll hear a few uh real life events so she has a delivery and then her phone rings a couple of times and she has to leg it to take her daughter swimming and that is absolutely how life is isn't it so we kept all of those bits in for you because that's just how it goes so Thank you for joining me this week. I really hope you enjoy the show. And here is Toria. Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is single-handedly responsible for introducing the grazing trend to the UK. Following a trip to Australia where they were already using beautiful meats, cheeses and accompaniments to create almost too good to eat tablescapes, Toria had her eyes set on creating something similar for her own wedding back in the UK. 
And the rest, as they say, is history. Having worked with brands such as Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Made to create Insta-worthy moments for them, the business grew and Tori was able to bring her sister Catherine on board, building a true family business. I am thrilled to welcome today someone I hugely admire and I absolutely love speaking to, Toria from Grape and Fig. Welcome to the show. Hello, my love. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank (laughs) you. Thank you for coming on. I love, we did an Insta live a while ago, didn't we? And oh, I loved it. I think we were just like, oh, do we have to stop? We could just carry on chatting forever. That good old friend's having a chin wag. That, that's the best kind of, they're the best podcast I like listening to. Yeah. When it's just people who just really get on having a good old chat. Yeah, so, yeah. you get the best information out, definitely, don't you? So, so that was my um, intro of you, which I always feel... I always feel a bit weird saying it in front of the person. And when I'm a podcast guest, I always feel a little bit weird hearing it as well, because it's like, that's like the public part, isn't it? And the, the story that you put out there. But I just thought it'd be a good place to start by looking at your your like career journey and how you actually got to that point of, of launching Grape and Fig, if you had it. Yeah, it was quite, to be honest, it was quite organic, really. You know, I never set out to be an entrepreneur or you know whatever it is or a business owner I was essentially um I was in events PR marketing beforehand in the city in a a corporate environment um I'd seen this grazing trend in Australia back in like 2012 loved it um for you know fast forward four years wanted that for my wedding couldn't genuinely couldn't find anyone who got the aesthetic and got the yeah you know I didn't want olives and ramekins I wanted it to be styled in with Mm -hmm. a kind of a a really gorgeous um grazing table it just wasn't here in the UK it just wasn't a thing so did it myself on my wedding morning like styled it myself and then just realized that there was just a really big gap for casual um affordable but but really gorgeous food not just for weddings but for you know gatherings events birthdays christenings you know like my mum we we love a party in my family and it would always be you know like the sandwiches from Costco you know no 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 judgment to Costco (laughs) but that's what it would be you know get the sandwiches out get a few I don't know like sausage rolls and yeah Yeah, and I kind of thought actually it doesn't have to cost the world it can look unbelievably amazing and it can you know, there should be food that people really, really enjoy and, mm. you know, that have that, that experience of eating together and sharing food and creating, you know, this gorgeous, yeah, just like experience really. So you did it for my wedding. Then I started doing it for friends and families, you know, like Hindus did a wedding for my friend. And then it just slowly and slowly just realized, actually, like this is, people could pay me to do this, you know, like, okay and then so I started doing it um along, alongside my my job uh, and that was a bit tricky did that mm. for like a year and a half and it was a bit of a juggle wow, I'd that's like, a long time isn't it a year and a yeah, half yeah I'm not I'm not really a risk taker like I'm not you know I, I've got a load of friends who are you know run businesses and things and they're they are genuinely risk takers yeah, you know it, yeah. it's in them yeah. it isn't really in me I kind of I'm quite balanced and not necessarily risk averse but 
it like took you, me it had to get to that point where you were really because you were, it was a good job wasn't it you had a you had yeah. a, a good job you'd worked at it a long time yeah no that makes sense yeah and it was like a tipping point really yeah and it was a tipping point of okay you have to you have to continue with one choose one mm. um and yeah I just got to the point where I thought right I'm just going to give this a go and we'd built up our Instagram um to the point where people cut you know even around like the local people started to know about us yeah. and we did a couple of celebrity jobs and a couple of big brand jobs that kind of it kind of every time it broke a little bit of a ceiling for us and then yeah I just realized okay I'm gonna give this a go quit my job um and then yeah I've said this story so many times but found out I was pregnant the week after after my um leaving do which was oh a little God. bit of a a night it was obviously amazing but yeah, yeah. I, I had planned this whole year so t- that was 2018 I'd planned of all of 2019 I was gonna you know had had a weddings booked in and I was gonna oh really take this business to the next level and then I realized oh my god you know I'm, I'm due in August so that's when I got my sister on board and then yeah as you said the rest is history and we've we've steadily built this business that we yeah we absolutely love so as I said it, it really was a very organic process and yeah. there's kind of steps to it and it got to the stage where you know as I said it was what it was the job or the business and I kind of picked the business I love that I think one of the things that I've always loved about your brand even before we started talking is like the approach that you've te- you took and you you mentioned it there so you know, you could have got someone to do your wedding that would have, you could have said, oh, here's a, here's some Pinterest pictures. This is what I want to look, want it to look like. And they'd have said, oh, yeah, yeah, we sort of get it. And they'd, you know, put the ramekins down or have like things cut in weird shapes or something to fit together. But the the drive for that that aesthetic from you, which was so different to anything that that we'd seen in the UK, and then the approach that you took to the business. So it wasn't, oh, I'm going to put some business cards and hope that, you know, Sandra down the road wants something for her christening. You you were doing events for Google and Microsoft. And I wonder how much your, your background in PR and your sort of um, drive for, for knowing exactly what you want and what people want really shaped the business in those early days like it could have been so Mm. different couldn't it it could have been yeah I think there was there's a couple of factors that I think ensured that it kind of worked one was I was not going to not let it work yeah yeah (laughs) because I'd, I'd given up quite a lot and I kind of needed to prove to myself and to kind of everyone else that this will work. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm pretty driven when I've, you know, when I've got a goal, I'll I'll I, I literally won't stop until I, I get there. Um so and I definitely think that in terms of the that PR and marketing experience, I think I'm how would I put it, quite an opportunist. So I I, yeah. I can I can identify where there are good opportunities you know so and I'll almost um how do I put it so you know for example if someone would come to us and I know that they've got an amazing 
amazing you know house or whatever or it's you know it's a brand job and I know that the the environment's going to be amazing well I'll think to myself okay well I'm going to use that to my opportunity I'm going to give a little bit for free if I can use it as a photo shoot yeah and I can use that as content for for, for the brand um and I, I did that from the very very beginning so I'd know where you know I'd be able to sense where there's a good opportunity and yeah and, and kind of use it for my advantage yeah um so that was kind of something that I, I've done from the from the very very beginning, and that and set yeah. you apart straight away, didn't it? I think that's really what I mean. I, I'm, you know, no, that's not something that you would say, but I I can say it. It that really really set you apart, your brand and your um, yeah, the the aesthetic and the the standard and the quality. Because I guess that's another thing, isn't it? That that you you did create this category and this product and this kind of way of doing things that has inspired in air quotes a lot of other people and it has Mm. inspired I'm not saying that that people have um copied you you created a category how how do you feel about that and how do you kind of like be okay with that when you see so many people do you know what it is? It's, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Exactly, that's one of my, yeah. one of my favourite quotes. There's nothing new under the sun. I was directly inspired by, by, yeah. by seeing this in Australia. At the time, I didn't realise that it was actually quite a big thing in the US. So like LA, San Francisco. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I'd you know, seen something and I made it my own. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, inspiration comes in all different, you know, shapes and sizes. So... But in terms of, you know, yes, we did bring it to the idea, the concept to the UK. And, I, and I, I'm quite, you know, I'm quite balanced. There had, there had to be someone who brought it over to of the course. UK. Yeah. Um, and I'm pleased it was was us. Um, so I guess there's, you know, the, the overwhelming emotion I have is pride. Um, and we, every day we have these companies, you know, and the other thing as well, we're, we're a service business. So we're in, you know, the catering service industry. So there's lots of things we can do brand and non-food wise that can yeah. touch everyone in the UK, but really we're quite restricted in our remit to yeah. London and the M25. So there needs to be, you know, it's, it's obviously a, an amazing trend. People want this. So there needs to be lots of different businesses all dotted around yeah. the UK. So, and we, yeah. yeah. And we get so much lovely feedback from everyone. Um, you know, all these other companies saying that they look up to us and we inspire them and that's a really genuinely lovely lovely feeling yeah. um and yeah the fact that we have kind of accidentally I guess created like a sub industry in the UK yeah it's something that we're we're super proud of you know I, I will be honest there are a couple of a couple of businesses that you know if you looked at their pictures and looked at ours you wouldn't really be able to see the difference mm. Um, as you know, I've, said, I've spoken to you a couple of times about, yeah. you know, there's only one or two of them really, London-based. But I've, I think I dealt with it, it what, you know, I think I've had to learn to deal with it much better, you know, there's, and to understand there's only so much you can control. Mm. Um, and if you can't do anything about it, you've just got to be bigger and better and carry on yeah. looking in your, in your direction and not around you, worrying <laughs> you know worrying about it there's nothing you can do and it it says more about them than it does about you um and yeah just kind of try and grow up a little bit (laughs) I think that's the thing someone I heard this brilliant saying that someone was saying that 
um they can they can take the recipe but their sauce will taste different or they can they can follow the recipe but the sauce will taste different or something yeah and that's it it? if you're in front the way because I know as I know we've discussed it and I know that there are so many people out there who are doing these grazing tables and platters to varying degrees of you know from the ramekins right through to the beautiful ones mm. and I think like you said that's okay but there there's there's a lot there's a respectful barrier isn't there around brand and yeah there and is style. and it, that, this is like what I said to you before we've created like a really you know I think a really beautiful and quite a strong brand and that's mm. not just because of the platters we create you know that's because of our story and yeah. our, our aesthetic and our essence. Like I can't really, you know, it's how we put ourselves. Your values and your our values yeah, and yeah, and that's that. You know, that doesn't happen overnight. That's carefully curated and thought mm. about. And not saying that it's you know, and it, it you know, naturally it comes about. But we we've we've built this brand um, with purpose behind. And sometimes when that is um, when that's trying to be replicated that can be an issue but you know once again what are you going to do about it you know, I know. I, we, we, we've spoke to lawyers we've done this we've done that there's there's not too much you can do um about that that essence part that you know yeah. that you know as you said the values and and how customers see you and all of that all of that kind of stuff so so no I think we've we we are we're, we're really really proud and we're we're you know pleased as punch that this this kind of subcategory is growing exponentially and um so it should if people are doing it right and they're, they're yeah. right you know health and safety and food hygiene and all of that kind of stuff um a couple of problems but we're just going to try and move on move on and <laughs> I think that's it isn't it I think you know all the time in business you have these things that you come across that are that could just be dist- distractions and once you've gone through the is we had a couple a couple of things last year some some people stuff and you know once you go through the is there anything we can do legally not really like there's a there's some yeah. huge gray areas aren't there in what is um uh in our case slander or you know there's some real gray areas there and once you realise that there isn't anything you can do, it really does just become a distraction and a waste of your energy. Mm-hmm. And and actually that's better. And it kind of comes down to ego a bit as well, doesn't it? Of, you know, am I going to sit here trying to take revenge or trying to, um, you know, th- run my business from the position of making it different from someone else's or yeah which would just take you away from the essence of yours wouldn't, yeah. it, wouldn't it so and the thing is as well you know <clears throat> I am the kind of person and I know I'm this kind of person the opposite to my sister if we put a, a, an Instagram post up and we don't get this doesn't happen but just say we did we put an Instagram post up we get 100 comments two of them are negative yeah. I'm going to focus on the two negative yeah. I am that kind of person I'm not a pessimist I'm not a half glass no. you know empty kind of person but I'm a little bit uh, that I know that I would focus on that Catherine would focus on the 98 that are positive yeah that's why we work so well that's why we're kind of 
that's why we make, make it work. And it's the same kind of thing with this. There's hundreds of these businesses out there who we're friendly with and we, we kind of help them and we, you know, teach a lot of them and it's all amazing. There's no point focusing on a couple who are just ripping you off and making money off the back of your gen- your idea you know yeah. you just got to kind of think okay right you know yeah. move on that's life um, isn't it yeah, yeah. move on I and focus on the, the majority of of good yeah no I agree well you're doing a brilliant job just following on from that you just talked about Instagram how much do you think that um Instagram helped the kind of you know your product's so visual and so beautiful how much do you think that Instagram has helped over the last um, you know, four or five years to to grow the brand and to achieve what you have. Unbelievably, yeah. And I think, and I think we were we were on Instagram at the right time. Um, you know, I, we were saying earlier on, weren't we? That I don't know what is going on with Instagram at the moment, but I'll kind of get onto that. But at the time, because it was very very new, and because it was aesthetically led, really, yeah, yeah. Um, it just kind of erupted and you know at the time there wasn't reels there wasn't I don't even think there was stories there were just pictures on a grid you know no one did a video everyone just put a picture up yeah so it was like a basically a brochure for our work um and yeah we 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 don't really do huge amounts of kind of advertising and and that has been our word of word of mouth that has been our advertisement that has, has been, you know, how people share what we do. You know, people just share our pictures to their friends or business to businesses and, you know, this is this company. So we owe an awful lot to, to Instagram, um, much more than kind of Facebook. But we're, we're finding now that there's, there's just a big shift in, yeah. in Instagram. It, it's so unpredictable. You know, I was saying earlier on, I'm not really a social media expert. You know, I'm an expert in t- in terms of great and big social media, you know, in terms <laughs> of what we do. But yeah, I don't really understand what's going on on Instagram. You know, we can put a piece of content out that I know a year ago would have so many likes, so much engagement, and it it's it's literally it could be a hit, it could be a flop. Who knows? And it's almost like they do it, it do. That is how I feel <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> that's how I feel like oh you know are we gonna let you get through the barrier today or are we not that's how I yeah yeah but that's what um that's what I you know we put photos up they don't work half as well as they used to reels either work unbelievably well or they just don't seem to or not at all yeah so it's really hard to be able to plan especially when you've got certain messages that you need to put across you know we use our our Instagram um you know to sell certain things you know mother's day or okay we're doing this workshop or there's this discount code so it needs to get to the people in a timely manner Mm. you know I I don't want to be putting a reel together and then in five days finding you know itself (laughs) on a discovery page that that isn't going to work for us yeah so things like tiktok we're having to learn which is um, yeah I think this is I mean it is it really is the wild west at the moment on instagram isn't it I'm speaking to people every day and I'm speaking to instagram experts every day who are having the same like what the fuck is going on like it's just crazy and I think I personally I think it's just a bit of a I put a story up this morning just saying I think it really is just a bit of a snowball effect where reach and engagement dropped a bit and people got a bit disillusioned with it and then I mean Instagram are just obsessed with being TikTok at the moment aren't they so every Mm. all these updates and now we're doing this and now we're doing that and now we're 
kind of comes across as a bit desperate. People get a bit confused. And I really think that, you know, the message was create these reels. So people spend, in some cases, hours putting together these reels, <laughs> like you would, you know, yours must take ages that would then flop. So you yeah. kind of just lose the motivation for doing it. So I think that the standard of content has dropped on Instagram because mm. people are just feeling demotivated and it's natural, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. It's causing, you know, dropping engagement and everyone's talking about going to TikTok. And, you know, there's a lot of people on Instagram that don't even feel comfortable going on story. So the idea oh, of TikTok is, you know, really, really daunting. And it's unfortunately having a very, very real impact on businesses. Um, yeah, because we know, we know from our stats that people buy from Instagram. You know, we know yeah, yeah. that someone will see something, they'll click on the product, they'll go to our website and they'll buy. We know yeah, that. Yeah. We don't know really what that purchase journey looks like on TikTok. You know, my husband has been on TikTok for, you know, he, he, he can't stand social media, but the only thing he'll look at is TikTok, you know. So addictive, isn't it? Uh, so he'll, so, but he, he just consumes things that he's not going to buy. It's just things no. to kind of laugh at, look at, or kind of, you know, inspire. Oh my goodness, sorry, one minute, this is my phone. No, it's the, um, <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the business phone. I'll turn that off. Um, no, don't worry. Um, so, so yeah, it's kind of, I don't really understand what that purchase journey looks like. You know, yeah. are people going to look at something on TikTok and instead of thinking, oh, that looks lovely, are they going to go on our website and buy? Same with like Pinterest. We're trying to do a lot of work with Pinterest at the moment and understand mm. how that works from a content brand and then purchase journey. Um, but it's just like a new world for us. We've just it been is. doing stuff on Instagram for five years. It's been working out lovely for us. And now oh, we're a hello. bit like, oh my goodness. And, and maybe that's a good, you know, I, I honestly believe overall that's a good thing. I think people got really, it was like ads last year, you know, people had a real wake up call when they were working in a very different way to how they had been working before the iOS updates. Um, I, I think that Pinterest, I think would be brilliant for you. And I think that there is a real difference in that purchase journey. TikTok, there's even more of a difference because it's, you know, people are on there that it's very short attention span. If you can get them off TikTok, which I do think you'll be able to, but then for me, it comes down to the experience. Like, what are they going on to? If, if someone from Instagram, who's really engaged with you, follows you, loves what you do, sees something that comes up for Mother's Day, they're going to click on it, go on the website, love everything about it, maybe have a look around and then make their purchase. Mm. Whereas someone on TikTok who sees it on their For You page and just thinks, oh, that's nice, but maybe I don't need it right now. They're going to want a very different experience and, and potentially... Yep. I think this is where brands really need to start using like multiple landing pages and having platform specific experiences. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the demographic on TikTok is different to Pinterest, is different to Instagram and, and the, the engagement and where they are in your funnel. So I, I think that it's just time that brands need to get really clever with that, which is annoying because we haven't had to before, but I also think it will be a bit of a, not survival of the fittest, that's a bit harsh, but you know, it will be a bit of a leveler for businesses, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And having that layered approach as well, you know, having your 
you know, we've never had to think about really things like this, you know, but having your, your, your mail, you know, cat campaign and having your, yeah. you know, your Pinterest, your TikTok, your Instagram, your, your localized, you yeah. know, you know, I, I'm from a media background, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, traditional media can work as well and does have yeah. a place especially yeah. for our kind of local business you know we did some I know we did some leaflets for you know just local leafleting for Valentine's Day it was and because people aren't used to getting a really gorgeous leaflet of through course. their door yeah. saying that oh we're down the road you know that works yeah. amazingly but that's not gonna you know that's not gonna bath the baby on its own it's no. that layered approach and having and exactly what you said having a different strategy for every layer and understanding what you're trying to do and what the end goal is and and importantly what the experience is yeah um and how and they feed like- into each other how they yeah. work together as well is I think people get a bit confused and have all these siloed approaches that aren't there's no kind of compound impact from that so maybe over here they're talking to one sort of person and then that comes to a dead end and you know that that's not going to work or that's not going to leverage leverage any kind of budget yeah and exactly what we were saying earlier on you know it's like TikTok I've been I've been on it quite a lot just trying to understand what works and and kind of you know I feel a bit old looking at it because there's all these like people who I don't really know these I don't know what they're doing all these like young'uns and I'm trying to like work out like okay so why is that so popular and it is this really like raw unscripted really yeah. really quick addictive videos that you kind of or little tips or things that you 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 keep wanting to understand more and so what I've realized is the stuff that we put out on Instagram isn't going to work on no. TikTok because people don't care. No. Um, so we're trying to work out now. OK, so do we just do things like behind the scenes in TikTok? So more about the business, the day to day, the, the you know, the, the behind the scenes here. Mm. Is that going to be more interesting? Is that going to be more kind of addictive almost? Uh, you know, or, or like, you know, what can we do on TikTok that is you know what kind of different personality can we give out there it's still kind of to our brand but what can we put on there that's different and that people are going to want to come back and think oh I wonder what they've put on this week yeah and it's hard (laughs) I think the challenge for you is going to be getting away from that beautiful aesthetic that you have because it is raw and it is you know it's almost like you need that short raw really snackable easy to consume stuff that's going to pull in everyone and then you know if you imagine a circle like the core of that your audience will stick around for the the three minute or they're just about to introduce 10 minute videos which will be great for you you know you can really explain stuff in a 10 minute video and the core of your audience will stick around and they'll want to see that but it's it's that bigger audience that are going to be interested in the you know, those like 10, 15 second videos where you're just talking about one thing. And maybe that's even like being a business owner, you know, it doesn't have that's to be what that I mean. facing stuff. Yeah, that, that is what I mean. It, it's, it needs to be, I think, a little bit more, not, not so much product led, but people like, mm. you know, that personality led. That's what, Do you know what, what I would start doing if I was you. Sorry, I just completely cut you off then. Go on. <laughs> no, I love it. Idea. That's my ADHD brain. Sorry. Um, what I would do if I was you is I've got my doc- pen, Amanda. I've got my I pen. would I would document how you um transition an Instagram brand onto TikTok. Like I would literally document that process. I would be like 
we've built a business up on Instagram. Everyone's moving from Instagram to TikTok. I would just be saying we've built an Instagram business and now we've got to come to TikTok. We haven't got a clue what we're doing. Follow along. And I would just be doing stuff every day that's like, because you'll inspire people who are making that transition from Instagram to TikTok. There'll also be the audience that are already on there that are looking just for like entertainment and business stuff. And yeah. I think it'll be a bit more forgiving for you. It'll be a, like a, a different approach for you where you're not thinking, now I have to appear on this app and look like I know what I'm doing. I'm doing, because we don't. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think that. that would be a really cool angle to take. And because yeah. you do have an audience on Instagram, I think that'll make it really easy for you to transition them from Instagram to TikTok. Like, everyone's going through this. We're going to document how the hell do you, like... How do, how do we replicate what we've got on Instagram on TikTok? Follow along. Love it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my first video, first video today, Amanda. Yes, do it. Do it. Give do, me it, a like. do it. Give us a like. Give us a like. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do follow along. We put a, um, I put a, oh, it's so funny. I put a video on, on there the other day. Once again, I feel like my brother and stuff, what I'm doing. And we've got about like four likes. And I said to Kathy, Kathy, we've got four likes on TikTok. She looked at me as if to say, are you okay? Are you mad? I'm like, Catherine, you don't understand. You've got about 100 followers. And the fact that four people have liked, for me, it's like back in 2018 when I had one follower on Grade yeah. and Grade and had one like. It feels the same. Yeah, and to yeah, be honest, yeah. it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. And this is, this is why I did this, for, to always have a challenge and to always be, you know, it's, it's, it's a new challenge, which is and good. And that's it. There, there's like, I don't want to sound like Gary Vee, but the opportunity on TikTok right now is, you know, Instagram when you started, it's that same thing. And I think people keep saying to me, oh, I miss TikTok. I'm not going to miss the next one. You're like, no, TikTok is, it's still happening. Like get on now, get on now. Yeah. Um, There's so much I want to talk to you about and we're sort of running out of time, but I couldn't, I can't um, move on without just covering the fact that COVID happened Mm. and you own a business where people are reaching in and picking food and like, what was the impact of COVID on the business and how did you navigate your way through that? Yeah, well, we lost everything Mm. (laughs) on, I remember the 23rd of March, remember it's clear as day. We had a whole, um, all of our bookings for that whole spring, summer, into the winter. We had that contracts with big, big brands. They all pulled out, more or less on that. I don't know why. Something must have happened on the 23rd. But I remember it was call after call after call after call of literally just pulling out. Um, so, yeah, and then we we took, me and Catherine, like, took two or three weeks off just to kind of let it sink in. Um, and then just realize that right okay there's going to be no events there's going to be no parties no gatherings no corporate brand um in real life events what are we going to do Mm. so bought this like box um like a 25 centimeter by 25 centimeter box got some crackers some chutney and then just thought right okay let's distill a grazing table into this box for one um we realized that people would be gifting an awful lot people would be wanting to you know, share their love in a way that they couldn't previously in real life. So doorstop deliveries and all of that would be big. So we call it the cheese box of cheese box of joy. Um, and we said, okay, every Friday we're going to deliver these anywhere in the M25 for like, sometimes it was free delivery. Sometimes it was like a fiver. They looked gorgeous. 
um, did load of like celeb activation. So it's all of our friends who, you know, had supported us previously and it just went absolutely mad. We've still got the cheese box of jewelry sale now. So that kind of carried us throughout that summer. Um, and we were learning, or you know, it was a, it was a different business model, different mm, logistics. You know, yeah. you know, instead of doing one one or two grazing tables on a Friday um, and doing it ourselves, we were delivering hundreds and hundreds of boxes. Oh, so it was all you know, yeah. couriers and mm. all of that kind of um, thing. So we had to build commercial kind of kitchens down the end of like on my property kind of thing. Um, so that was that was fun and then just run the business from home you know and then realized okay we need an e-commerce website because before it was all manual yeah Um, and we didn't really need a website before because it was all inquiries and we needed that personal touch to put you know a bespoke you know when people are spending thousands of pounds on a grazing table you know now they're spending 45 pounds in a box and there's hundreds of them so we had to build a website so we did act quite quickly and were that the first to kind of do it um, and then, you know, everyone else followed, which was, which was good. And so it kind of helped a lot of other businesses as well kind of survive. Yeah. Um, and then one of the things I think that saved us was our obsession and priority over content <clears throat> during mm-hmm. that time. So we realized that, okay, so we can't, we can't cater for these events, but what we can do is we can entertain people we can teach people um, how to create these platters at home so we would we'd make it clear that we use you know really really high quality artisan cheese fine but if you want to go down to your local Tesco get some cheese we'll teach you how to make it look really really lovely and just you know have a glass of wine and spend your Friday afternoon doing this therapeutic platter making so we created a, a a method and we'd do lives and we'd like teach people how to do what we do and people used to say to us like why are you doing this and it'd be like well we're not going to we're not going to um you know be able to you know deliver to Newcastle or Manchester anyway no, so no. why why would we not you know share this and people would come to us for inspiration and content and that's kind of where the dull turned really and we've continued with that um Brilliant. since and then yeah we kind of did a few things you know when those are the restrictions you remember you could only have like six people or yeah, something in, yeah, yeah yeah so we did something called like babes brunch where we would come and set up a brunch at home for you and six friends and that worked for a period of time and then yet slowly slowly um you know grazing tables started to come back and what we did do is before covid we used to create these really abundant very block looking grazing tables but mm. then we decided actually let's create like a modular grazing table using platters so if people had allergies or um nice. especially covid friendly you know when when corporates used to come when corporates came back they were saying to us okay well we don't want everyone surrounding one big table mm. with like a platter for six over there a platter for six over there so people were socially distancing so that yeah. worked amazingly and we've kept that um even now we we, nice. we have that that same modular grazing table um so yeah we've kind of we've got through it and it was really hard <laughs> um but we we've we've finally got to the, to the point now where I think right okay we've we've got through it we've survived it let's now just build on what yeah. we've, we've created over the last couple of years but you co- you've come out of it a completely different business haven't you because you've a got your, different business. your new shop with the workshop and all yeah 
it's literally 360 from the the kind of catering service business that you were before the pandemic without a doubt and you know it was you know a terrible two years for most people for many different reasons but from a business perspective when we were in it it was a bit tough you know I was a nightmare to live with you know I, I like lost my mind on many many occasions and it took an awful lot from from Catherine and I we did quite you know struggle and I think it's really important yeah. to say that you know yeah, it just yeah. happened yeah it was it was um a bit of a drudge really but we we're grateful in a way because as you say the business we wouldn't have the shop because before we would go out you know and that's the one thing we've learned you only change really some, sometimes you you change only because of circumstance yeah and because you're forced to yeah and only when you're forced to change you realize actually this is a better way of doing it like yeah. we go and set up now we, we create everything in our kitchens we go and set up so we get them all out of the ice bags and we're, we're in and out if we if we were catering at a venue we're in and out in 10 minutes Brilliant. before we were setting up for like three hours and we, we we say to ourselves like what how did we do it this way and it's only because we couldn't do it that way anymore and we had to start yeah. preparing in kitchens and that it's it's just it's hugely beneficial yeah so we're, we're pleased as punch really and we're yeah we're, we're happy now <laughs> yeah brilliant yeah it's that saying isn't it necessity is the mother of invention sometimes although clearly no one would have wished the pandemic on anything I think a lot of businesses have come out more agile and you know looking different I know that you are taking your daughter swimming but I can't <laughs> let you go without asking you I've got two questions but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to prioritize honestly I've got I've got 10 minutes honestly okay okay let's do it so the first one is what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given I always I love this question I think you get such like um yeah so many different answers from it so many different views I wouldn't say that there's been one because I reckon there's been different different pieces of advice have worked for different problems if you know at different times But I think um, Lucy from Never Fully Dressed, a really good friend of mine, and she's kind of like almost like a mentor. Yeah. I remember her saying to me, don't wait for the right time. Like the right mm-hmm. time is now. Like just do it. Mm-hmm. It may not be, I'm a little bit of a control freak, kind of a bit of a perfectionist. And if I had my way, I would wait until something was absolutely amazing until I... Or, or you know my perfectionist streak was satisfied until I launched it but what I've learned is you've just got to get stuff out there you know yeah. especially if you're as a business owner you you need to listen to your gut and a lot of the time especially over the last two years we've had to be very reactive mm-hmm. so we've realized okay this is a problem we need to bring something out to solve that issue or to solve that problem well that isn't you know you can't wait two or three months no. to, to, to you need to get it done and get it done now so, and I think that is one of the reasons why we've done pretty well really over the last two years, because, you know, we didn't wait months and come up with this cheese lots of Dora product and download a huge photo shoots and the big marketing. We just, we shot it and put it Did on Instagram it. Yeah. that afternoon. And yeah. then we kind of thought, you know, when there's an issue or a problem, we're going to just solve it and be reactive. And that for us has been such a, a a lesson just yeah. just don't don't wait until the perfect time just get something out there you can always tweak it if you, if you want and if you need to and you need to get that customer feedback you know if you put something out there 
and people will people will react you know like, give an example we did these graze cups and they looked amazing we thought right okay single serve covid friendly amazing let's go do them and then you know they worked amazingly we got a little bit of feedback saying well, it was a little bit hard to cut the cheese for example in right. the cup you know especially if you've got a glass of wine in your hand mm. um so we thought right okay brilliant let's be open and honest they absolutely work they still do work but we're going to change it to a bowl and then we launched the bowl and brilliant. we've sold hundreds of them in a week and because we've just we thought about it and we shot it that afternoon and we did it and then yeah. it's that's how it's worked yeah, imperfect action. There's so much to be said for it, isn't it? Just moving. Yes. And that's so hard for perfectionists, but perfectionism is often just a, a form of procrastination, isn't it? Let's exactly. Okay, final question, and then you can go swimming. What three pieces of advice would you give to someone growing a business today? And just let's let's look top level. What would you say are the three most important things? Three most important things I would say, try and be part of and in front of your brand. You know, I like, this is just personal, but I like brands where I know the people behind it. Like I know the owner, that that, that people aspect of it, I think is important Um, and try and kind of tell the story of your brand. You know, the brands out there that I absolutely love you know a lot of them that we work really really closely with as a business they're people orientated um that I think is really really important um secondly no matter how much it costs do not do not um sorry there's a delivery here (laughs) just outside um no matter how much it costs do not um scrimp on quality of your product because it it, it absolutely will um will take you above the rest so you know the cheese that we use it is four times the amount as what you know you can get in a general general wholesaler but it makes all the difference so yeah. yeah yeah the quality of your product is really really important and I would say something that I wish I told myself a couple of years ago just try and have a bit more fun because mm. it is genuinely it's fun and it's mm. you need to kind of take in those moments and enjoy them a little bit more if you're well, that that's the advice that I would have given myself a couple of years ago just take it in a little bit more enjoy it a little bit more you know it's not life or death it is important a business but you you need to enjoy the process to get the most out of it and it's like a you know the more that you enjoy the experience and the process the more that you will really really appreciate you know that process and then you yeah Yeah. and you're kind of it's cyclical I love that I love that yeah holding things a bit lighter is definitely something that I think we've all had to come to terms with isn't it Tori thank you so much I'm gonna let you go take your daughter swimming I love you thank you for coming on the show I've like just so lovely to have this chat and I'm so um proud of everything that you've done and like it's just I don't know such a joy to watch like such a beautiful brand flourish and continue to innovate so thank you so much for making time for us today thank you so much I love you lots thank you for all you are an amazing mentor for me as well I always come to you down I'm mad and I need a little bit of help and a little bit of guidance oh thank you hugely hugely respect you so thank you so much my love oh well mutual appreciation society have a brilliant day I will speak to you soon take care and thank Mm -hmm. you so much see you later my love bye 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 bye